This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. We report on the biblical counseling movement around the world. Your host, Andrew Rogers, had the opportunity to sit down with Donnie Martin and his wife, Jane, at this year's ACBC conference. Donnie is the pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Hartsville, Tennessee. They discuss the intensive and intentional discipleship that is biblical counseling. Well, introduce yourselves. Uh, thank you. Who are you? Thank you, and thank you for having us. So my name is uh, Donnie Martin. I'm a pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Hartsville, Tennessee. Been pastoring there for 27 years. Uh, blessed to be here this afternoon with my um, beautiful, blessed British bride, Jane. Jane and I met as missionaries in Spain, been married for 37 years. Um, I have seven children, the best of all the seven children. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but I've been at Grace Baptist Church for the last 27 years in pastoral ministry there. In terms of biblical counseling, uh, I was blessed to be uh, converted in a church where so many, many years ago, where biblical counseling wasn't quite a thing yet, the biblical counseling movement as we know it now had not sort of officially begun, but uh, Jay Adams had come out with his book, Ready to Restore, and his first couple of books. And I had a pastor who just took those books and uh, was very serious about counseling people from God's word. And that planted a seed in me. It was probably uh, on the mission field where uh, Jane and I um, experienced uh, a great difficulty in our life. Our first child is actually bo- uh, buried. Well, our first child was born and buried in Spain shortly after childbirth. Um, on the day of our son's funeral, uh, we received a telephone call from the States saying that my mother had experienced a massive brainstem stroke. And if we wanted to see her alive, that we probably should be on the next plane back to the States. And we just had the, the funeral of our, our newborn baby at that point in time. I'm saying that to say that brought us back to the States because my mother didn't pass away immediately. She was a widowed mother. And we thought that it was really a, uh, a biblical responsibility to, to care for her in her critical time of health at that time. So we came back to the States, came back to the church where I'd been sent out from, and was an elder in that church. And that's where I really, really began to uh, lay hold of biblical counseling, training. I went up to uh, Faith Church in Lafayette for something like six years in a row and took their counseling courses there. Followed that with a master's degree in biblical counseling from the master's university. Jane, alongside of me, this is learning biblical counseling all this time. After I did that, she started going to Lafayette every winter in February for, and still goes. And our daughter ended up at Lafayette at Vision of Hope as a, on staff there. Our so daughter Annie. We both we've got a lot of our training from 
So I do want to I want to clarify yeah. something real quick. Yeah. So you you were born in England. I'm British. Yes. I okay. was born in Scotland. Actually. You were born in Scotland. Yes. Oh, okay. Now, did you grow up in Scotland? I grew up in Scotland for five years. I was raised in London, and then I became a missionary when I was 23, um, to with Open Doors, Brother Andrew. I ended up in the Middle East for several years, and from the Middle East. The Lord directed me to come to a Bible school in America. And uh, from there, I got thrown out of America because my visa ran out. And so I ended up in Canada and I wanted to come back to America. And the Lord said, no. And I ended up going to Spain as a missionary again. Where I was. Back to the mission field. And that's the end of story. All right. <laughs> yeah, very so good. Okay. Uh, American boy meets a British girl in, in Spain. Spain on a mission field. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the title of your book. <laughs> right, right. That's the title of the book, yeah. Okay, so back to, yeah, yeah so you're going to counseling, training. Mm -hmm. you've, yeah. you've already gone to master's yeah. or at least in the process. I was raising seven right. children. It wasn't time for me. I yeah. wanted to, but I just couldn't. But then about five years ago, I finally... No, how long have I been a counselor? About five, four or five years. Well, I mean, you've been counselling Yeah, but forever. I've been counselling. In terms of your certification. Right. We're both ACBC certified. We have uh, a daughter who's ACBC certified. Two daughters. That are and we have a daughter who's receiving her ACBC certification here at the conference. Yeah. Uh, Only she's not here. She couldn't be. Uh, yeah. So we've been uh, in pastoral ministry, biblical counselling for the entire time. Uh, we love the fact that Jane takes very seriously the Titus II principle of uh, whereas I'm sort of uh, encouraging scripture in 1 Timothy 2.22 to be passing these things along to faithful men. Certainly Jane has a responsibility from Titus II to be uh, teach younger women, right, to love their husbands, to be keepers of their homes. And that's something she takes very seriously and has for years and continues in our ministry today doing that um, once a month. She has our Titus II meeting in our in our home. So we make a joke about that. We call it uh, her a Titus II tutor in the sense of being a teacher, but also being a Titus II tutor. In other words, I'm tooting this horn about uh, this is a ministry that, that older women should take seriously. In terms of OIC, we were blessed to be introduced to OIC through um, a fellow pastor in Tennessee, Mark Mann, who's in Mount Juliet. Mark and I came to know each other through our affiliation with FIRE, the Fellowship of Independent Reformed Evangelicals. And um, Mark had been uh, with OIC doing ministry in Europe. And there came a need for... Um, I think it's Rob Roy. He'd been ministering with Rob and uh, a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, Rob's wife became ill and uh, he wasn't able to make that journey. And so Mark asked us if we would uh, pinch hit. I was kind of second string, so to pinch hit there <laughs> and to go with him pre-COVID over to France, which we were uh, able to do. And God willing, going back into this month. Well, we, were, we did module one pre-COVID and the idea was to go spring, fall, spring, fall. And uh, you know how travel got shut down. France was pretty serious about things, traveling to Europe, coming from Europe back in the United States. So it all just kind of got shelved. And uh, we're, we're back in the saddle, God willing. 
going back at the end of this month for module two. What do you think is important for us to understand about what you, what you've done is you've blended well um, biblical counseling and missions, and so you know sometimes we see that as sadly. Uh, we see biblical counseling as this separate ancillary ministry to the church. We see missions as this separate ancillary ministry, and the two should not meet. Or, uh, you know, or the fact that they do meet is, wow, you know, didn't see that combination before. So kind of like things you might learn when you go to Spain or England or other places. Like, I've never seen things combined this way before, yeah. speaking of food. Yeah. Um, so, but obviously you guys never really saw any of that kind of disconnect yeah. uh, you've happened. seen that yeah you've yeah. seen so, them together mm -hmm. so and if you don't mind i mean speak I'm a little sorry. bit about sure. that just that so missions the great commission our lord commanded us go and make disciples um i think about that the great commission with three m's make disciples mark disciples with baptism and then mature disciples so make mark and mature disciples and the maturing of disciples is and teach them all that I've commanded you to obey all that I've commanded you in scripture. So it seems fairly seamless to me. I like to think of counseling as uh, intensive and intentional discipleship. Someone's come to us and um, I forgot who used to say, maybe it was Randy Patton years ago, I forget, but Disciples come to us and they're like Swiss cheese. They're new believers or they're maturing believers. But they have these holes, pockets in their discipleship. And biblical counseling is helping to fill those holes and bringing a disciple who's new and needs maturing or a disciple who needs an area of their life matured. And that's what biblical, cycle, biblical counseling is, is bringing maturity yeah. Yeah. to holes and pockets of immaturity in a believer's life. And I think it's um, it's also been a big part of being a part of the church and him being a pastor. I don't think you can stay long as long as we've stayed in the church and not be able to counsel people biblically because it just you just don't last. I don't, we wouldn't have lasted without the counseling we've had through Lafayette and ACBC and we wouldn't be who we are today without that and we've been able to pass that on and that's that's been a, a wonderful thing. Yeah do you mind speaking a little bit more about that uh, the aspect of being being a missionary and then being a pastor and a pastor's wife yeah. and uh, and the need for counseling yeah. and just how yeah. counseling itself has yeah. impacted you? Well, I think we all need counsel we all need the instruction of the word the wonderful thing about ACBC is that we've been able to counsel ourselves, speak truth to yourself first, but they're seeing the joy of that and seeing how it's transformed my life to be able to share that with others. And sometimes I have to remember, they haven't had the teaching I've had. I'm here to give them that teaching. I'm here to help them, you know, with the things that I've been helped so much with that has changed my life that... I've got a gift to give, a treasure, and I can't expect people to just jump on board and just stop doing that, you know, stop it. Right, right. <laughs> Why can't you just stop it, you know? I've, but I go, oh, you've had five years at Lafayette, every year ACBC conference. These people have had nothing compared to that teaching in the church. But anyway, that's... 
So you didn't have to be perfect no. before you start to counsel others? No, <laughs> still not. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I hear myself saying regularly to counselees, maybe at some point in the counseling session, maybe at the end of the counseling session, is just one of the great blessings and benefits of counseling is that I'm hearing me say to you things that I need to hear. In yeah. other words, everything I just said to you yeah. uh, ricochets off you and comes back mm. to my heart yeah. or to my mind or to my right. marriage. So I was sitting here counseling a husband with First uh, Peter 3, 7 about husbands living with their wives in an understanding way. Like, unless your prayers be hindered. Well, guess what? Yeah. Husband finger comes back to me, live with your wife in an understanding yeah. way as the weaker vessel, as that prized, treasured vase that should be honored and respected and lived mm-hmm. with as a prized, treasured vase. So that's a great, that's the, the blessing is it just ricochets right back. It does, yeah. To us. I can say that recently, definitely, with having older children, a lady friend of mine struggling with an older daughter. How do I, and I thought, well, I need to, I need to be listening to myself here. Yeah. And, and likewise with OIC, thinking about going and doing biblical counseling training in a foreign country, that's just sort of a microcosm of, or macrocosm of the micro counseling sessions. The things I'm teaching these pastors, again, are the things that are the foundation of my, I'm never going to get away from those things. Could you speak a little bit to, I mean, you're pastoring a church. That's right. All right. You're full time. Full time. And then at the same time, you've done some teaching for OIC. Mm -hmm. You plan to do more in the future. So that's time away. Mm -hmm. And so uh, how, you know, how important is that? You know, again, from a philosophy of ministry, I I think a lot of us uh, sometimes you know, we, we recognize the care and concerns we have for our own church. There's needs that our church need um, and so on and so forth. But then there's also the aspect of being used to strengthen other churches, uh, to be churches that are always about sending and spending. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's a vision within your church that this is important mm-hmm. and uh, you're modeling it mm-hmm. uh, by doing that. But talk to me a little bit about just... How do we go about creating more of a culture of that yeah. among our churches? That's great. Um, so I am pastoring a church. I, I am a pastor in a church in Tennessee. I'm one of four elders. And our philosophy of ministry in the church is that um, it... The other older elder in the church and myself is that God willing, it's imperative, it behooves us, what we said, it behooves us to raise up younger men in the church so that, with a view, God willing, that there will be a seamless transition of pastoral ministry in a church. Something seems to be a little bit awry when there's this um, single man leading a church and he dies or he gets sick or he goes away or he moves away or whatever the case might be. And the church is led shepherdless. 
Peter says, shepherd the flock of God among you. She's like part of shepherding the flock of God among you has to be uh, allow for shepherds, be growing shepherds to shepherd the flock of God among you so that they're, again, God willing, is a seamless transition from older shepherds to younger shepherds so that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not left shepherdless. That would be a dereliction of duty on my part as a shepherd to leave his flock shepherdless. So I'm trying to answer your question by saying the philosophy of ministry of raising up shepherds and when they're in place, that just physically allows for the possibility of an individual like me to be gone somewhere because the church is not left shepherdless. There are young guys in our church right now that are are not just learning to shepherd, they are shepherding because we try to cultivate that culture in our church and they preach as often as I do. They teach as often as I do. And so it makes it possible for us to be uh, out and there's, the beats, there's no beat missed. There's no heartbeat missed in the shepherding going on. Yeah. That's good. That, that was something that I was actually challenged with uh, some years ago by a missionary. And that was, there's the older, somewhat unarticulated philosophy that if you're, if you're young and inexperienced, uh, then you're qualified to be a missionary. Mm. And, and what he was saying, the challenge that he was giving yeah. was, have we ever considered developing a philosophy of missions where we actually send out what he, he just would call A players, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, send out the A players and do the do the backfilling right yeah. at home domestically and to a certain mm -hmm. extent you're you're mm -hmm. talking about that yeah. let's develop pastors let's develop leaders mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. our midst that frees a number of us up including them in the future yeah. Yeah. to go out and strengthen other churches mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean the pattern we see in scripture is sending out the best yeah right that's they were sending out the best listening out seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to send out these couple of guys and they were top tier guys. They were the top, right? And we're maybe training others to come alongside, but um, sending out the best. Well, I, I just thank you so much for your ministry and thank you for participating with OIC and, and the training in particular that we're doing in France and other places. And so really encouraged by your ministry at home but also encouraged by your ministry abroad and uh thank you for telling your story appreciate sure. hearing about that and looking forward to that book uh, that's coming out uh, but uh, any particular way we can pray for you i just pray for the younger women that they'll get a hold of titus too that's my my heart for them that's the one mandate in scripture that as older women were to teach the younger women that they might grow in holiness and love God and grow in their prayer lives, yeah. especially. I think that's my burden right now is a lot of people are running around crazy and they're just not praying. And so they wonder why their lives are falling apart. And so that's my prayer for the women is that they'll grow, grow in the Lord. I would say, yeah, please for grace and strength to um, lay our lives down for the kingdom's sake and to uh, keep running the race and to uh, finish the race well. I like to say to young guys, finish strong. It needs to be said to me as well. Bear fruit in old strong. age. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for your ministry. Thank oh, you for your thank time. Thank you for having us. Blessing for us to be here. Thank you.
This is BC Worldwide, a podcast of overseas instruction and counseling. You can learn more about the stories of God's grace around the world at bcworldwide.org. If you'd like to know more about the ministry of OIC, go to our website at discoveroic.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to receive regular updates on God's grace through biblical counseling, please sign up to be an OIC insider by clicking the pray button on our website. You may also give, invest in the efforts of OIC through our website by clicking the give button. I'll share more with you about God's grace next time at BC Worldwide.